Hello and welcome to the Roaming Scholar Podcast. My name is Derek and I am the Roaming Scholar. What does a creative endeavor, a flower, and a pregnancy have in common? Sounds like there's a joke in there, but seriously, that's what today's episode is going to connect. By the end of this episode, you'll know. Also, at the end, I'm going to read to you the prologue of my novel. Plus, the first four chapters, 20 pages or so, will be up on the corresponding blog post for this episode, which you can download, links in the description. They say, as an artist, to never share a work in progress. Well, that's exactly what I'm going to do, because the whole point of this journey and of this podcast is to show you the progression of things. The progression of chasing a dream, writing a novel, and the progression of my writing itself. There's a bunch of things I'll be editing and changing in those first 20 pages, but the ideas are still there to make the read a good one. Hopefully. So feel free to click the link in the description to take you to my blog to download those first four chapters. But first, I have a question to answer, right? What does a creative endeavor, a flower, and a pregnancy have in common? Let's get to it. In it. Okay, now I'm at the point in the journey where it's time to put up or shut up, right? I took the time to outline, to plan, to just get started with writing the short story, and last we left off, it was time for me to write, period. Time to really start writing a novel. Wow, that statement right there just hit me. I am writing a novel. I mean, I'm doing it right now. Pretty damn cool. I've imagined this time, this moment in the future when I would write and finish a novel, but right now... Writing this, I honestly just need to sit in the moment with the fact that I am currently writing a novel. Is he really just going to sit there? How long do we have to wait? You only get to complete something once. When this novel is done, I only get to have finished it the once. But I have days and days where I'm in it, where I'm writing it. Coming up with ideas, solving problems, living in a world of pure imagination. Whatever you're working on, just take a moment to reflect on that, because it's powerful. You're in it right now, working on your dream, and wherever it winds up, whatever end goal you're chasing, you're in a magical spot. You're in the middle of it. I tell you this because as we progress, as I've hit days where nothing seemed to come out right, we tend to find these thoughts popping up instead. When will I finish? When will this be completed? Why won't things move along faster? When will I be a success? When will things grow? When? 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 These questions are all about time, and if you're working on a goal, creating something, inching towards a dream, these thoughts are probably a constant companion. And not the best companion. It's like having your headphones on for a plane ride, but the person next to you keeps trying to talk to you. Get the hint, pal. Why can't we sit and enjoy the process? Why are we always in such a rush? I'm not saying we shouldn't work hard and put our effort in, but not at the expense of missing the process and enjoying life itself. 
It's enjoying the game rather than attaching all your happiness to the end score. I was talking with someone yesterday, actually, about the difference in pace between things down south and things up north. Both of us were from up north and moved here to North Carolina. And my thoughts kept coming back to, moving a little bit slower is a good thing. Not always racing to the finish line, but enjoying the road you're on. Because one thing you're going to find is that there is no finish line. There is no end. Maybe the end is finishing the novel. No, no, it's getting published. No, you're wrong. It's getting on the New York Times bestseller list. Derek, you're forgetting. It's when you finish the trilogy for this series. When it gets made into a movie. When all three movies are made. Then, 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 that finish line will always be moving away from us. It's important to chase that dream and to go after these different goals, but to place them above life itself, I think, is a mistake. There's always more that can be done, but I also feel like there's no day like today. How everything has come together for today. It won't ever happen exactly like it ever again. And I think it's important to take time to notice, at least here and there. We're living in the time of the instantaneous, and for the creator, this expectation we can place on ourselves to be at the end before we've started is dangerous. The flower knows this. All in time. I've heard the following analogy from a couple of different sources, but I can't remember from where, so if any of you know, feel free to share with everyone by commenting on the blog or on social media. When we look at a flower, at what stage in its life is it perfect? Well, when we consider it as a seed, isn't it perfect? It's existing as a seed, and it's perfect as is, doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. As roots and stems start to spring from the seed, isn't it perfect? How the roots seek the earth's nutrients and the stem breaks towards the sun. Then, eventually, it flowers and it's perfect then as well. The point is, it's perfect all the way through at any stage. No matter where you are on your journey, there's no time like the present. Nowhere along the flower's lifespan do we think it's not growing fast enough. We expect it to be done when it's done, and that's it. Likewise, nowhere along my journey of writing this novel should I think it's not getting done fast enough. As long as you're doing what you can do, as long as I sit down to write every morning, just about, then I'm right where I should be, and I should see how amazing it is to be right where I am. Same for a pregnancy. We don't think, why won't you just be grown and born already? Alright, maybe that is a thought women have, but not with an expectation. Six months pregnant, no one is expecting anything but three more months until that child is ready, right? We don't think, if this baby isn't born in three months, we're doing something wrong. It's just the cycle. It's just the time it takes. So, why not with a project or a goal? What if we imagine that your goal, your idea, has a certain gestation or incubation period before it'll be done and ready? You don't know what that time frame is, but you know it has a set time built in. 
All you have to do is keep moving things forward, keep working, keep sitting down at that computer for the days when two sentences come out in three hours and for the days when 10 pages come out in one hour. But sit there, be there, be in it with no expectation, just knowing and acknowledging that you are freaking in it. You are creating something beautiful, amazing, life-changing perhaps. You're doing it. And when the time is right, when spring has sprung, you'll get to say, I did it. A taste. So, I hope this idea helps you with whatever creation you're working on, whatever dream you're chasing. I hope it allows you to take pause and realize how amazing it is to be doing, perhaps even more so than having done. Now, I want to give you all a taste of what I've been working on. The following is the prologue to my book, which hopefully sets the tone for what's to come for our hero, Jewel. Remember, on my blog for this episode, you can read the next four chapters. Rough draft, people. (laughs) The working title for the story is The Adventures of Jewel, an Experiment in Expression. A bit long, so might have to work on that in the future. Anyway, here we go. Prologue. His mask was creating a level of discomfort for him that was driving him crazy, making his skin crawl, yet he was too disciplined to make such a stupid mistake as taking it off. The likelihood of him being caught and seen was slim, but this wasn't a game where one takes chances. No, he wasn't so stupid. He was almost done, and he could soon rip the itchy thing off and burn it. That was the general routine here, and that mask was always going to end in flames, but this time... He would take extra pleasure in that step. He stood on the edge of the living room and kitchen, tall and muscular. He wore a plastic jumpsuit similar to a hazmat suit. It covered his entire body except for his hands and face. The elastic hood clung to the full face mask he wore and a pair of gloves ensured he was completely covered. Underneath, he wore no shoes, just socks. Shoes track all sorts of evidence with them, and he wasn't about to bring any evidence to or from his crime scene. His body was devoid of any hair except for his eyebrows, which were covered in tape underneath his mask. The hair removal was a painstaking process, but he felt he had to do it. He knew that hair found at a crime scene is one of the most common ways someone gets caught. The clothes he wore under the plastic suit were bought today and never came into contact with anything in his world. Everything would be burned after, and there would be no fibers to link him to this crime, to this murder. He took a deep breath, held it for a four count, and then released it slowly. As he exhaled, he let go of his thoughts of the irritating mask covering his face and studied the scene before him. The living room was dark with the only light coming from a wall-mounted flat-screen TV. Flashes of light from each changing scene on the TV illuminated the living room like a series of camera flashes, and his mind flashed through the last minute step by step in a similar way. Flash, quietly and expertly picking the lock of the back door. Flash, taking the eight steps which he measured beforehand from the door through the kitchen to the edge of the living room. Flash, 
raising his gun, pointed to the unsuspecting, unknowing, sleeping man on the couch. Flash, waiting a brief moment for the light from the TV to provide him a better view. Flash, pulling the trigger and seeing the man on the couch jerk with the impact of the bullet, and then returning right back to the same position, appearing like he was still sleeping. If that's not mercy, I don't know what is, he thought after finishing his mental instant replay, satisfied he left no stone unturned. As usual, it all went perfectly. This was not a crime of passion, it was an act of precision and expertise to him. The scene on the TV changed to a bright and sunny scene which acted like a spotlight upon the lifeless body on the couch. Another chance, he thought. He raised his arm to check the time on his watch. That watch went with him everywhere he went, and with it came the reminder and the reason for everything he was doing. In this moment especially, with another dead body before him, the reminder was a comfort. Right on schedule, he thought as he studied the watch face. Then, from inside the pocket of the plastic suit, he pulled out a device that looked like a small walkie-talkie, but it had a screen like a smartphone. He studied the screen for about a minute before placing it back in his pocket and turning away from the living room in one swift and defining motion. He walked towards the back door, passing through the messy kitchen along the way. He opened the door with his gloved hand, took one last glance back, feeling resolved and hopeful. This time, for sure, he thought, and began to walk across the snowy backyard and into the backyard of the house behind it. If not, there's always next time. Thank you all for listening, and remember, if you want to read the next four chapters, you can click the link in the description to take you to my blog, where you can read. All right, I'll see you all in a couple weeks. Bye.